I love this film. Yeah, so you. To a point where you couldn't even wait, you just went on your own. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't. Honestly, I couldn't. Like, I got the opportunity and I was like, that was literally the first screening that it was there. Of course it was. Anyway, let's, let's talk about it. Hello and welcome to the Omcast. My name is Dom. That's one half of the Omcast. I'm joined by Tom. Say hello, Tom. Yay. Yay. Hark! Um, so although we live in a world full of sequels, prequels, remakes and reboots, occasionally we go and see something that's none of these. This week we saw The Lighthouse, directed by Robert Eggers and starring Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson. Yeah. <laughs> so you've been very excited about this. Yeah, I have. So much so that if we may have already revealed... You went to go and see it on your own. I did. Um, I got too excited. You got very and... excited and went to go and see it. I then managed to catch a screening of it myself. So we've seen it separately. Um, and now we've come together to talk about it. <laughs> um, this film is fucked. <laughs> um, I don't know what, how else... It's so... <sighs> You, if you have seen the trailer for it or anything, it looks like the most wanky like awards film you've ever seen in your life. And it kind of is, but it's great. And it's just basic two guys going mad, tending a lighthouse. The whole film is shot in black and white. It's shot in four by three aspect ratio, yep. is it? But slightly off canter on Obviously, one side. Because it's that kind of film. Um, it's got this droning, oppressive soundtrack it's got it's uh, yeah i i'm lost i'm lost for words it was it was amazing it was really really good but also so essentially yeah it's just this nightmarish experience of film yeah it's i described it as the scene from a clockwork orange when he's being reconditioned it's a little bit like that yeah if i hadn't paid to see that film and go and went and saw it very excitedly. I would have felt a bit like that. Yeah, like I, mean, I was in a chair with my eyelids being yeah. penned open and having to watch this thing just happen in front of me and yeah. have no control over it. And that's something that I've heard from multiple different like um, critics and people talking about it. Is that I loved it, but I couldn't wait for it to end. Mm. But like that, which is a weird sentiment, but that mm. is kind of spot on because it is. It's yeah. It, you feel like the character you get involved in it and you get and you get sort of it sucks you in and it feels that all it gets all that claustrophobia in which is part of that whole reason why it's shot in four by three you feel that like intense like laser like focus that you get on these two characters and it just means that by the end of it you are so just drained that yeah. you just like oh god but that's that's <laughs> what that's what i love about this film so set, just sort of rewind a second like there is structurally so little plot no there film. isn't much for plot always. the plot in itself is Robert Pattinson turns up to work on this at uh, this well, lighthouse they turn up together don't they it's the idea is they doesn't he meet him off of, off of the boat no they come off the boat together and okay. they replace two people who are coming off right so I think it's like on a rotating basis they have four weeks on you do four, four weeks on. four weeks four weeks and so the, so the next shift is coming in and it's Willem Dafoe who's worked that lighthouse many times before and mm-hmm. now he's got a new I can't remember what the terminology is, but like the second hand or, you know, yeah. his first mate or whatever. The last guy, something happened to him. We don't know. That becomes a whole story point. Yeah. 
Now he's got this new guy. So they've never met before, but now they're going to spend four weeks together looking after this lighthouse. Chaos ensues, yeah. <laughs> basically. That's the basic premise. See, I thought it was, honestly, like, I genuinely thought it was, he went and met Pattinson from the boat. I don't know. I've, I think I, he went, he, because that's one of the things about him being with the lantern so much mm. is that that's his thing. That's what he does. And the reason Patterson went is because the last guy went nuts. Went nuts. Okay. Maybe I miss Maybe I, for yeah. whatever reason I felt, I felt like there was the two of them walking together. Oh towards. yeah. I think he went and met him from the boat. Yeah. And then there were, but there were people coming back the other way as if they were yeah. leaving the house. That's, yeah. That's yeah. how I felt. Might have to go and see it again. Just that first opening scene. That's how I interpreted mm. it. And the fact that they, like the way they get there and the way they're sort of settling in at the same time, it's not. It doesn't look like Willem Dafoe has already been there. It's like he's getting there with him at the same time. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Like they're claiming their beds, and he's and he's going right now. We've got four weeks together, and all the rest. Of it. it feels like they're a team, and they rotate on a team basis. Yeah. But I could be wrong. I don't know. Maybe anyway. I don't know. But it, but yeah, it is. Um... It's kind of it's kind of inconsequential. Once they're there, they're there. Yeah. <laughs> and and then it becomes about this sort of tug of war between the the old guy and the younger guy and the old guy is just beating him down and sort of and really sort of being like the worst boss you've ever had. Imagine the worst boss you've ever had but dying oh, up to go, eleven. Yeah. In the late nineteenth century Ephraim Winslow is sent on a boat to serve as a contract job as a wiki for four weeks under the supervision of an irritable elderly man named Thomas Wake. Um yeah. On the first day of his job Winslow notices a hole in his cot. Yeah. Um yeah, but it's yeah he turns up as to work as his yeah. his mate and then that's pretty much it. About yeah. then it's that story of them being there for four weeks and their the gradual descent in sanity from there. And that's not to say that that's not a spoiler in any way no. because it's in indicative in the trailers about how their sanity is pulling apart. Yeah, it's that it's that whole. There's a line in the trailer sort of it's the but they lose start losing track of time. Yeah. And it's like, how long have we been here? Has it been two days or four weeks? I can't yeah. remember anymore. Yeah. And that's where that's sort of that indicative, like when you're just locked in with that, into that one thing. And, it, and yeah, it does. And it would drive and that's the thing. You question the film as well. Cause you're like, how long have I been watching this for? Yeah. Like, I don't know how long this film is. I and, don't like, know. And, and yeah, things, everything flips like towards the end is like, they accuse each other of doing things that we saw the other character do. And you're like, well, Okay, who's who's free? Who's the one going mad here, mm-hmm. or is it me? Am I the one going mad? Yeah, because <laughs> I'm watching it. I and there are things that we see that they don't, and we see things that they do. And yeah, we see like but... we see. I think you see more from the Robert Pattinson's character point of view than from um, William Defoe's character. Yeah, just in terms of the visions and things that he has. Yeah, yeah. Like I you mean, see he's some point of view character. Yeah, and you see some weird shit. There's there there is some yeah. weird. Freaky shit. I will there's, say that this film is very graphic. Yeah, it's like there's, yeah, and it's these, and some like they're just intercut with these like graphic sort of like horrific images that are cut in between while something else is happening. Yeah, and then there'll be just one random shot of just a squid like leg or something, and mm. then there'll be this like these sea creatures and fucking sirens and logs oh, lo- lo- logs that are, and there's bot and then they turn into bodies and it's just yeah it's fucked it's so- <laughs> i love it honestly <laughs> like this is one of my favorite films that i've seen in a very long time yeah it's so you and it is just this whole experience of sitting down 
and having something happen in front of you. Incidentally, it draws a bit of a parallel to Bad Boys for Life. How? In so much as you sit down and this happens in front of you and you go, yep. When that happened in Bad Boys for Life, it was just procedural drivel that we've seen a million times before. And it started to do something promising and they threw it away for the sake of a, an exploding table. Whereas this sits you down and things start happening in front of you and you're like, I don't know what's happening here. I don't know what's happening here. And it's so reminiscent of like... Um, I was talking to... Actually, in fact, I was talking to someone today about it, Lee, um, about this film saying it's very Kubrickian mm. in the way that things are deliberately put in there to make you, to unsettle you. So there is a point in the film when the perspective of the lighthouse shifts. So there's a very basic, well-known fact that when you film something, there's what's called the 180-degree rule, and you keep everything within a set 180 degrees because then it maintains the audience's comfort to recognise something they see in front of them. What they do in this is they repeatedly flip that around. Yeah. So you will see the lighthouse and you're like, right, this is where the lighthouse is. This is how everything works. This is what I'm familiar with. And it sets that scene. Mm. You'll see it in everything. You'll see things are filmed from one way. That's really interesting given the film that we just talked about with Parasite, which has this very similar, like, it does the opposite in terms of it grounds you in a space and makes you understand exactly Mm -hmm. the geography of it. Yeah. So that you can follow the story as it yeah. happens. Whereas because with the lighthouse, they purposely flip it and mm-hmm. keep it keep you moving around. So yeah. it means that, like you say, sometimes the lighthouse will always be on your left. Sometimes you'll see it from above. Sometimes you'll see it from below. Sometimes you'll see and like so it means. But that it's you, always there. It's always there. It's this anchor point, but you can never get a full grasp on it because he's constantly, mm-hmm. sh- like you say, shifting that 180 degree and view. You, yeah, you never have an indication. Any of the wider shots and the establishing shots of you will see of him moving around the island you don't see you don't quite get the geography of it where it is so you know that the lighthouse is this central point yeah that is the x and o central point x and y axis where they meet Mm. the 0.0 but everything around it no idea and that's why love is is you're immediately uncomfortable you're uncomfortable with the slight offset of the framing of the film you're uncomfortable with the the establishing shots. You're uncomfortable with the language because you don't really understand a lot of the yeah, stuff that they a say. Lot that, that's like part of what I would, when I watch it again, which I will, I want to get some version where I can put the subtitles on. Yeah. Because I did lose quite a bit of it through their accents and through just the, the, the it's an affected way of speaking because obviously it's a period piece. It's saying like the turn of the century sort of thing, yeah. isn't it? Um, but and, both of them have very strong accents. And they've got strong actors. And I think that... <laughs> I mean, the thing we haven't mentioned yet is how the performances. Yeah. Because fuck me. Yeah. But again, like you say about like the way that the accents and everything is framed so far. These things are like you're trying to listen in, and then, well, it's not a spoiler because it's set on a lighthouse, which at the time they all had foghorns, fucking great foghorns as well. So this is this droning noise yeah. that blares out. And after about ten minutes, you're like, "This fucking noise is yeah. still going." But like, that's that's a great way of like right at the very beginning of the movie, they get you on board with 
Patterson's character. Yeah. Because it's just like he gets he's getting sick of it as well. Yeah. And he just like and the, he get already the point where he snaps. Yeah. And he's like, oh for fuck's sake, and just like throw something across the room because he, he keeps getting this noise right in his ear mm. is exactly the point where you as the audience member are also starting to get really fucking annoyed with yeah. it. And it's like and that's a great quick way for you to just sort of sympathize, yeah. empathize, and then you crack on with the rest of the story. Yeah. It, yeah, it's, it is like from a structural sort of script point of view it is so fucking good it's so clever so clever and the way Um, that it's so stripped back and again it's another thing where although it it uses every tool at disposal in terms of filmmaking like you say whether the 180 degree angle the soundtrack the flashes of images and all the rest of it is very very filmic but at the same time it because of the nature of it because it is a two-hander it could quite easily be a stage play yeah you could quite easily just watch those two guys in a room and do the whole thing. Yeah. And it would be like really intense. Like, yeah. And I'm sure that will happen. I've got no doubt in my mind in the next 10 years, there'll be a stage version of this. Yeah. Of in the, on the West End. Matt, definitely. Like, yeah. Like hundred percent. Yeah. But again, we, when you talk about the performances and you think these are, this is Willem Dafoe who is playing to type almost like he's playing this, what he would be expected to be now, which is like this wise and old, gritty, salty sea dog. Mm. And you're like, I can buy into that. Yep. It's definitely a Willem Dafoe thing. But then you get Robert Pattinson, who still plays two type a bit. He plays this like stoic, like guy with a mysterious past. Yeah. And he's turns up to work and he's got a bit of a shitty attitude, but you kind of buy in because he's quite a good looking guy. And you're like, well, I wonder what's going to happen here. So neither of these guys are playing particularly against type, but the way that their performance is run on, you're these two are so, so committed to this. Yeah. Yeah, and Patterson was just amazing. I like another level. He was a, a bit of a revelation for me because I haven't seen a lot I know there, he's made a lot of indie movies in the meantime, because now there's this whole thing where he's having a bit of a renaissance coming back into the spotlight again, having sort of been off in the wilderness between making the Twilight movies when he was younger. Then he went off and made all these sort of like Cosmopolis and, yeah. and um, what was the other one you mentioned earlier? The, the Rover. The Rover and all stuff like that, which I'll be honest, none of, I haven't seen any of them. Yeah. But this for me, like as him coming out the other side of it and seeing this is what he's like now. I'm like, holy shit, this guy's fucking good. Yeah. Holy fuck. And now, obviously, the big sort of news surrounding him is that he's now been cast as Batman and Bruce Wayne. And so now I'm watching this film and watching his intensity and his commitment to his craft and then knowing that he's about to take on that character. And I'm so excited for that now. I'm so pumped for that now. So down. And I was like, also, don't forget, he's going to be in the new Nolan film. And that, yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. So I'm now, I'm completely on board with the Robert Pattinson. (laughs) I'm team Robert Pattinson now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, and Defoe's fucking phenomenal. Defoe's been great for years, and it just it it upsets me sometimes with Defoe that he he does like between doing stuff like this, he also does like Aquaman. Like why? But what? Why? Yeah, what are you doing like, that for? It's like Gary Oldman. Yeah, that's true. For every darkest hour that Gary Oldman's made, there are six <laughs> spy gang, London spy shooter oh, gang oh, films oh, that he's uh, made tip, where tiptoes. I don't know what it's fucking called, but there's no, like, no. there's like there's a dozen of no, them. Do you not know? Do you in. not know about Tiptoes? No. Tiptoes is the one where Gary Oldman plays a dwarf by 
walking around on his knees. Oh, dear. I kid you not. It's a, it's a dramatic comedy. Peter Dinklage is also in it. But he's not playing the main character. There are lots of actors in that film who are playing dwarves who aren't dwarves. Anyway, that's the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. That's it's, nothing to do with the lighthouse, though. That's nothing to do with the lighthouse. But no. then, but yeah, and then I, we cannot move on from this film without talking about the score. The score is relentless. Yeah. And the score is aggressive and just oppressive. Yeah. To the point that I came out of that and people were like, that film just frightened me. Like, literally someone said that the film frightened them and then I walked past another group of people and someone said, I've never been so afraid of a film. But it's not because it's a, it's not a scary film. It just puts this terror into you. I don't know. I think it is a scary film. Like I don't, I didn't, I wasn't scared. I was afraid. Like there's yeah. a difference between like, yeah. like I wasn't scared that something was going to jump out at me or something bad was going to happen. Mm. I was afraid the whole time. I was so full of dread and tension that I was like, oh, my fitness tracker went off at one point because it was like, your heart rate's gone above <laughs> Shit, 100 really? BPM. <laughs> and like, and I was like, oh, Jesus, fuck. Like, yeah. there's so much happening in this that, and everything's so relenting. And like, there's like the seven minute diatribe from Willem Dafoe at one point. And, yeah. and then there's the punchline that follows that. And this is like, this isn't a, this is a dark, dark film. Yeah. And it's a horror film and it is a drama film, but it's also a black comedy. Yeah, a bit, but there's only a couple of moments of levity. There's not hardly as but there many. Are, but it's just like the. I don't want to spoil it, but there's a. I'm yeah. gonna spoil it. Flatulence. Oh yeah. Like, and it's just it's played for a joke at first, yeah. and by as it gets further on in the film, yeah, like it's this gradual cabin fever. Yeah, the farts. Like, oh my god. Oh my god. The farts. <laughs> and it's just like. You would laugh, but nobody laughed at that point no. in the cinema because you're like, oh, yeah, I, I understand. I understand why you're so mad at this guy. Yeah. Because he just doesn't fucking care about you. Yeah. And then there's this like weird sort of transcendental effect within the film itself. And you're like, is this going to go this way? Yeah, I had a, yeah, I had a thought. About or is it going to go this way? Yeah. And it doesn't do either. But it does. But it doesn't. And it sort of reminded me a little bit of Annihilation in a way. Yeah, it, yeah, actually does remind me of Annihilation, now you say it. But it's, yeah, I'm pegging this already as one of my favourite films of the year. Yeah, it's, there's nothing quite like it. It is like this, I would, I mean, yeah, I would call it a horror film, I, th- I guess, cause it, but it's the horror of... It's a different type of It's a different kind of horror. Like it's, it's an existential Sort of mm-hmm. a, man, a man trapped with his own thoughts and what that does, mm-hmm. but like it, but it takes out a little bit of the. It reminded me a lot of The Shining, yeah. Which, as readers and you will know, is one of my favorite films of all time. But it takes a thread out of that and yeah. weaves it into something different. Yeah, and it's, it's like I say, it's steeped in all this sort of maritime law and all this, and like the. The, like the, things like you know, don't kill, it's bad luck to kill a seabird, and yeah. then like the the rage of the sea will come back to you, and all the rest of it, and then these mythical creatures like the sirens and all the rest of it. So it's all steeped in all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But then at the same time, it's just the human psychology, and it weaves all that in perfectly, and it is fucking yeah, intense, and dark, and and really good. But 
I don't know how many times. Well, yeah, I know you'll watch it again. Yeah. I don't know how prepared I am to watch it again soon. I think I will. I do want to watch it again, but I'd, let's watch something crap. Let's go watch Birds of Prey or, or yeah. whatever. But just no more intense stuff now. I'm just I'm I'm too tired. I can't do it anymore. <laughs> really, 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 really want to see it again. Yeah, I'm probably going to get out and see it again. Yeah, you will. I'm definitely going to, but I'd like to go and see it when there are less people in. Like, I think. So I was saying earlier about uh, Parasite. I think Parasite is. You can enjoy Parasite a little bit more with more people around yeah. because you play off of like this connection that other people would have yeah. to these situations, and like you'll hear somebody like nervously laugh about something in the cinema, and you're like, "Why are you finding that funny? That's a horrible thing to happen to a poor person." Or mm. you'll laugh at something, you'll be like, <laughs> "Oh, yeah." But then with the lighthouse, like there was this collective dread of yeah. like. 100, 200 people in this room all on the edge of their seats all yeah. very very uncomfortable yeah and just sharing that but i'd kind of want to see it like just in a room on my own in pitch black that's that's how i watched it yeah so we, we had those opposite so now i convert like completely opposite to that i feel like i want to make sure i see it at the cinema at some point yeah because like one of the first things like mark kermo said in his review is this needs to be seen at the cinema it it's it's an experience it's a cinematic experience and i was, I was like yeah. fuck <laughs> but um yeah yeah i will definitely definitely go and see it yeah i know because it's just yeah I want to be like in a film ever, the only person in the cinema yeah. watching it. Yeah. And then, yeah, it's amazing. But yeah, it's an absolute, well, like you say, like it's a cinematic experience that needs to be, mm. you need to feel it for how it was made in yeah. that way in a cinema. Yeah. Loud, bright. Yeah, in a similar way brash. that we talked about um, 1917. Yeah. That works. Mm-hmm. You have to go and see it at the cinema. Yeah. Um, My girlfriend said, Last night we were watching the time spoilers, I guess. Like we were watching the BAFTAs <laughs> and obviously 1917 won pretty much everything yeah. that Parasite didn't. Um, and opinions aside, my girlfriend said to me, I feel like 1917 should never not be at the cinema. Yeah. I think people should always have the option to see that film. Yeah. Yeah, because, that's a fair point. And I don't know how well it will translate when you're watching it at home. Yeah, um, I don't a, think. Yeah, it's well, same. I don't know. It depends. Like, I mean, obviously, home cinemas are pretty great these days, so yeah. you can probably recreate it fairly well. But it's still not the same. No. Um, but yeah, anyway. but that's the thing. Like, and going back to the lighthouse, I, that's something that I don't feel will have the same effect, like on home video, than yeah. in cinema. I, thought, I can just, I can just imagine it being like a night. Like, I remember nights at your old flat where, like, there was like the the wind was like rocking away. Yeah. I imagine putting the lighthouse on that night. <laughs> yeah. But you can hear all the just rain pounding against the window, and you're just there, like, like, ah, fuck. Like, like yeah. there is definitely there's a time and a place to watch it. Yeah, home, I think definitely. Um, but I, I see your point about watching it in cinema. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if sitting that, on a sofa bed in the spare room, yeah, probably not the best no. place to watch it. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, if it appeals to you in any way, then I would say go out and see it. I would say even if it doesn't appeal to you, go and see it. I don't know, man, because it would fucking. It would. I feel like for general audiences, it would just freak them out, and they'll just good. Not, they'll... Good. Like I, we need less bad boys and more lighthouses. I disagree. I want more bad boys. <laughs> I want more of both. 
I'm greedy. And we're like about that. to get the ninth Fast and Furious film. Oh mate, you this year. but you haven't seen that trailer. It's I'm fucking not glorious. See the trailer. It's four minutes of just mm, chef's kiss. It's unbelievable. I can't. I can't explain to you. How, oh god. <laughs> the sort of person that goes to a fucking five star restaurant and puts ketchup on your steak. Yeah, I am that guy. You're like, oh, I make a little mix of ketchup and mayonnaise to put on my steak. Yeah, I'm gonna st- stack yeah, all these Pringles flavors together and get a new stack of new different this Pringles flavors. Like a zingy pizza. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Um, anyway. Anyway, go and see the lighthouse. Yeah. It's fucking amazing. Yeah. All go and see Bad Boys for Life. Don't stop giving them money. Go and see the lighthouse. It's one of the best things that's out in cinema, that, and has been for a long time. Other than Bad Boys for Life. I'm going to bury you at sea. <laughs> anyway, right. Thanks for listening, guys. Um, yeah, do go and see Lighthouse. Um, we're going to be covering some more stuff that we've talked about already uh, over the next few weeks. There's lots of cool stuff coming out. We've got um, Underwater, yep. um, Queen and Slim, I really want to see, and potentially Birds of Prey. That may happen, that may not. Um, at this point, it's... I mean, we probably should. Yes, we should, because it's by far going to be the biggest release of the year so far and we do a movie podcast you're fun to me lobster ain't you have you seen it you're fun to me lobster say it say it all right i admit it i like your cooking don't have to say nothing damn ye let neptune strike you dead winslow (laughs) hark (laughs) i'm not gonna now, we're, we're, we'll be doing a stage play next year. We're, we're talking about it already. <laughs> we're going to be switching the alternate nights. So I'll, <laughs> Tom's going to be playing... Um, Ephraim. His, yeah, and I'll be playing Winslow, and then we'll switch the opposite night. Oh. The, Tom will use his real beard. I'll use a fake one. <laughs> yep, I'll just, I'll just cover my beard up when I'm playing Ephraim. Yeah. But... No, we'll do the um, the Henry Cavill CGI. Or you just have a moustache, and the rest of it's just... <laughs> Just a cartoon face. Oh, you have to gel it to your face so it sticks directly to your face. You can stick the tracking dots on. Anyway, right, we're rambling, so let's go down. Yeah, right. Well, thanks for listening. You can find us again on the, all the social medias at the Omcast pod at gmail.com and at the Omcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And yeah, join us next time for mystery episode because we don't know what we're going to do next. Yeah, we'll be doing something. Yarg. Yarg. Hark, Triton, heart, bellow our father, the sea king, rise from the depths, full foul in his fury. Black waves teeming with salt foam to smother this young mouth with pungent slime to choke ye, engorging your organs till ye turn blue and bloated with bilge and brine and can scream no more. Only when he, crowned in cockle shells with slithering tentacle tail and streaming beard, take up his fell befinned arm. His coral tine trident streaks banshee like in the tempest and plunges right through your gullet, bursting ye, a bulging bladder no more, but a blasted bloody film now and nothing for the harpies. And the souls of the dead sailors to peck and claw and feed upon, only to be lapped up and swallowed by the infinite waters of the dread emperor himself. Forgotten to any man, to any time, forgotten to any god or devil, forgotten even to the sea, for any stuff of... (laughs) 
for any stuff a part of Winslow, even any scantling of your soul is Winslow no more, but now is itself the sea. All right, have it your way. I like your cooking.